0: On this week's episode, the future of Halo, the state of PC gaming, and is DC really on the right track? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
1: Don't be alarmed, the quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the
0: charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He is the master chief of Humanica Media. You got to check out everything going on today at HumanicaMedia.com. Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Get that helmet on tight from Halo 3, man. Although it's kind of a little bit cramped in there because it's so
2: small. So if I'm the Master Chief, does that make you Cortana? Because you're technically the voice in my head.
0: Yes, the one that's extremely irritating from time to time. Yeah, I, you
2: go rampant now and just destroy the whole show?
0: That would not be good for any of our radio outlets or anybody else. All I right. don't think they would really want me so, to just go ahead and undermine the show with any coding and, and evolved or
2: anything like that. So, so we just got to be careful for when we hit year six, because that's when AIs go rampant. Year six or year seven? I thought it was year seven. I don't remember. I, I think it it's a good. seven
0: years. Oh, I'm just finishing I all the books and whatnot. I think it's a seven year lifespan. And as they get closer, Cortana just goes.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the trailer for infinite, you see him pop the little chip back into his helmet. That's a lot of intrigue going on around that little clip
0: exactly and that's also from the books where you just popped the little chip there as far as cortana whatnot i just the interchanging if anybody out there has not read the halo books from yesteryear from the past there is a great series of about four or five books after that it's up to you if you want to continue the series but the first four to five books in the halo series are really something good to read i just had a chance to revisit them recently on audiobooks because you know Listening is sometimes the better to do in the car and the van, obviously, than reading. So check out all the Halo books when you get a chance. They're really a good read or a good listen as well. But it is going to be a great episode we've got for you today. We've got a lot of things going on. We've got Daphne Matthew from Talking the Dead and The Walking Dead fan base on Facebook. Both those groups you want to join up. If you are an extremely, I guess, up-to-date fan on The Walking Dead, You want to know everything that's going on with The Walking Dead, all the fun stuff, all the interaction. There's a lot going on with both those groups. She heads up those groups, and she's going to talk more about why Alpha is the best, in her opinion, and a lot of others as well, the best villain on The Walking Dead to date. Better than Negan, better than the governor, better than the cannibals. She's going to tell you why Alpha is something you need to tune back into for The Walking Dead. Plus, we've also got as well a couple songs out there for you. We've got some good stuff coming up from Carrie Music, and then later in the show, Phil Matthews, aka the Village coming up as well. But first off, I gotta ask you, your thoughts on Halo, because it's something we wanted to talk about both of us, because in the past few days, I've also talked about this with the game source crew. When it comes to Halo Infinite, the rumors are that it's possibly going to be the lead game the killer app as they say for the next version of xbox it's a, they said they're going to delay it it's not going to be on the xbox one or if it is it's going to be simultaneous which i think would be the smarter move they have simultaneous versions for the xbox one and the, whatever the next xbox will be plus there's also the halo series from showtime i believe it's still headed up by steven spielberg if i'm not mistaken as far as an executive producer role that's coming up into the near future There's a lot of great stuff going on. In fact, you're streaming this weekend as well with Halo Reach. So I want to hear your thoughts on the Halo franchise as it stands right now. And we'll talk a little bit here in a sec about where we think it'll go in the future.
2: So I I feel like it gets underestimated sometimes how important Halo is to Xbox because that was the flagship game that came out with the original Xbox. I remember the only reason I wanted an Xbox was because all of my friends were playing Halo. I would go over to their houses and they're playing Halo. And if you remember, like, did, okay, did you have Halo when it first came out?
0: I did have Halo. I mean, when I got the original Xbox, I got it almost near launch, not quite at launch, but I got it almost near launch. And yes, Halo was the first thing I, I thought it was just look, like a good looking first person shooter. I really wasn't familiar too much with it, but when I got the Xbox, I did get it with Halo Halo. And I was blown away. It was just an incredible ride from beginning to end. The narrative on it was awesome. And the ending to that video game is still one of the best ever in video games as far as the adrenaline rush that you get, the excitement, the emotions as you're trying to escape before Halo blows up and all that good stuff. But yes, Halo was an incredible ride. And Halo 2 for me, as I've said on this show before, was even a better experience, especially because the multiplayer, which redefined what the multiplayer genre is all about. And as far as the multiplayer experience, it, it def- made so many different changes to what was done before. It basically skewed everything that was done before, put its own format in. And a lot of people, a lot of games, a lot of individuals, companies, developers, publishers have emulated ever since and i think it set the tone for the future when it comes to halo 2 but halo is just like you said just something that i think a lot of people still to this day really look forward to when it comes to that name and a new halo game coming out
2: you know it's interesting you say that because i have heard the same thing and i i believe it too and someone had said on a podcast i was listening to they're saying that halo ruined first person shooters Their defense of this was that before Halo came around, first-person shooters were kind of a side genre, you know, much like fantasy is today in terms of like Elder Scrolls and stuff like that. So he said the first-person shooter would have developed into something that could have possibly been more creative if not for Halo. But I feel like Halo is just a natural evolution of what first-person shooters could and should be after, you know, after games like Goldeneye came out. But there were still
0: games like Bioshock and other games of that ilk that expanded the first person genre and still to this day still there are developers and publishers out there pushing the boundaries of what a first person shooter or first person experience is all
2: about right and nobody's saying that you cannot create a different version of the first person shooter and i'm sure there are a lot of people who would be open to that concept open to something that that sits well outside the boundaries of something like call of duty fortnite battlefield stuff like that so uh, i don't know I love Halo personally. It's, Halo made first-person shooters accessible to me, but I want to go back to the story for a minute. What makes that game so Well, great? it made
0: it accessible on a console format. The last time really was seen was GoldenEye 007 for the right. N64.
2: Right, because GoldenEye to me was the first party game that I was able to get into. I was in elementary school when that came out. I remember always going over to my buddy's house because he had an N64. We'd sit there and play. GoldenEye, Shadows of the Empire, but GoldenEye was fun because you could hook up four controllers with the Xbox. You could hook up four controllers, right? right? That was four controllers on Xbox, right? Okay. Yeah, you could hook up four, and then not only that, but you could have your buddies bring over their Xboxes and their controllers, and you could hook everything up to a router and just have everybody playing in different rooms. That was the beginning of, of video games for me. Like That was that was where my my legacy started with that. And
0: that local multiplayer really set the tone for enjoyment for, I guess, a lot of things going on within the multiplayer format. And that started, I guess, the evolution of what would become Halo 2. And Halo 2, to me, I guess, well, I I really think that it redefined what multiplayer was all about, because as far as the matchmaking, as far as the maps, the design, the thought put into it. Now, mind you, the Halo 2 campaign was not exactly as well thought out as the original halo the ending i think a lot of people still have issues with i know i do but i've already spoken about that at length as well so i think that with halo 2 and also halo that set the bar very high for what was going forward halo 3 It sold extremely well. I remember the excitement. I was uh, running a game store at that point in time, and the pre-orders were just out the door when it comes to everybody being excited for it. I know people weren't excited once they wanted to purchase all the more expensive versions that had other things attached to it that maybe weren't of great value. Exactly. And then the helmet itself, the little tiny helmet that you got, which people thought was going to be a full-size helmet. Unfortunately, that was not the case. And I remember by the time, about two, three months later, I was sitting on 100 of them in my store that were just collecting dust. So that was not a fun time then. But the, the massive seller that was Halo 3 otherwise was still something that was very good, told a great story, also had a very solid multiplayer Built upon what was done in Halo 2, I think it just went off the rails after that. Your thoughts on what the series went after Halo 3? Because to me, Halo 4 and beyond, uh, I mean, well, you could say Halo Reach, ODST, those were solid entries to the series, but after that, when it comes to Halo 4 and beyond, it, it just eh, kind of really just got a little bit too much. And I think 343 needed to reevaluate itself on where it was heading with the Halo
2: franchise, right? So Halo 2 to me was, it it was fun because that was the continuation of, you know, the story that I love so, so much because Halo had packed so much, so much lore into one game. You know, they had probably about three or four games worth of lore in one game. And that's what made me want to like go out and read the books and pick up the, ex- you know, anything I could, I could get my hands on regarding the extended universe. So th- that was fun. And then uh, Halo 2 was fun too. But what I didn't like about Halo 2 was the fact that they, took you know people saw how much fun kids were having having these land parties at their house and they're like what if we could put this online and that was the advent of xbox live and from that point forward you were no longer hanging out with your friends everyone was playing in their living rooms and yeah that's fun too but it's more fun when you're with a bunch of people so i think that halo 2 was good and it was bad and you know and as for the story i don't know the, the story was it it just is to me like the way they made the warthogs destructible and like the just the them trying to outdo the first game i think there's a lot of pressure on themselves to do that and they ended up kind of caving beneath it but halo 3 so you worked at a game store wasn't the catchphrase for that finish the fight that it was i think people really excited
0: the trailers really drew everybody in Everybody was just excited because it was just the fact that 2007 was the best year, in my opinion, for video gaming as a whole. The quality of titles that were out there and Halo 3 was right at the top of the list as far as excitement for it. People were really getting into it. Xbox 360, the sales of it took a giant leap from what it had been doing. So a lot of people were truly interested and invested in what Master Chief was doing because like you said, it was finishing the fight. But ultimately, that was not going to be the case because... ODST, Halo Reach, and then Halo 4 and then beyond that it just it kind of got gray area from there. Yeah. So now they're trying to do what they're describing, I believe it was Bonnie Ross or
2: yeah, or well, Kiki Wolfkill. Is Bonnie Ross, but the the thing or Kiki Wolfkill I think is equally involved in this process. But so from what I understand, Bungie wanted to separate from Microsoft and the stipulations were you have to make they had two more halo games you had to make one that was non-master chief centered and that's something microsoft wanted and then one other one with that was in their contract so they they made reach and that's what resulted from that but you know you kind of knew that they weren't going to let that series rest because from what i understand you know reading the bonnie ross stuff gearbox was in line to make halo for like it wasn't going it was going to be an outsourced project and so really curious what that would have been like but then they decided bonnie ross decided to open a studio in-house and i guess the microsoft was originally against it but then they said all right well let's let's see what happens so my thoughts on halo 4 are yeah it's more halo it's a very emotional storyline between master chief and cortana but the magic felt gone to me because marty o'donnell went with bungie and that didn't really end up working well for him as far as uh you know his soundtrack work but it just it didn't feel like halo to me and i don't like the prometheans i don't like fighting them they don't have personalities like the grunts do and you know they're they don't have the movement of the elites they're just they feel like very stale bad guys to me and so while i do love the lore and i love finding out more about these worlds and the forerunners and stuff like that there was just a lot there's so much that was packed tr- they tried to pack into that game and in the end it was fun but it didn't really propel my interest in the series and then halo 5 rolls along and that was just to me that was just an utter train wreck the way i love the way they were reintroducing fred and kelly and the other spartans but i did not like the whole hunt dynamic all the stuff where you played is locked that you they could have shown in cut scenes and i'll be honest i never dove into the uh the streaming or not streaming but the multiplayer aspect of halo 5 but i didn't care about halo multiplayer after halo 3 but where did you stand on that
0: well, like I said before, after Halo Reach and ODST, for me, Halo Four and Halo Five they took a serious nosedive. Halo Wars they tried to go ahead and see if they could outsource it into a different format. As far as the Halo taking the Halo license and putting it in a different realm, Halo Mobile, you know, they they went into places where they really did need to go with when it comes to the Halo license. I know they were just doing it for the almighty dollar and whatnot, but unfortunately you just could not transfer the license into other fashions out of something what so many people were familiar with in first-person shooters and they were trying to do other different things from it and i think the quality of the entire series and the entire format as a whole when it comes to halo took a nosedive because of it they were splitting their resources out or or going to outsourcing to other companies to go ahead and develop other halo type projects and it really wasn't working out and it it showed as far as the quality 343 studios when it comes to halo 4 and halo 5 just not really yet where we need them to be when it comes to a halo game and i just think at this point in time the future is still Okay for Halo. People are still excited when it comes to Halo. Halo Infinite, when it comes out, I think will still generate an extreme amount of enthusiasm. Bonnie Russ has said when she was talking to IGN, she did say that it will be a spiritual reboot, quote unquote, That it's going to be something that a lot of people are going to be very interested in returning to when it comes to Halo franchise. I know there's a lot of issues when it came to when they did the remaster, the Halo Master Chief Collection, which I have, which had a lot of issues up front. But now, if you play it many years later, they've done enough refinements to make it an enjoyable experience. Your thoughts on where the Halo series now is going in the future with Halo Infinite, the Halo Showtime series, because we've seen also a lot of series and things of that nature that haven't always quite worked out. Your thoughts on where the Halo series can go now?
2: There's a lot of options, honestly, and like they introduced Locke and his team of Spartans, which also consisted of Nathan Fillion's character from ODST. So they, they could really like they could do a spinoff with them because I feel like Master Chief's adventures are going to have to come to an end eventually. And with Halo Infinite, I know this game is supposed to be more more open world, but I would hope that they would and Master Chief centric. But I would hope that they would use this to kind of begin to close the Master Chief story, if that makes sense. As much as I love the Master Chief and he is iconic in terms of you know his presence with Microsoft and, and Xbox. It gets to the point where it's not believable, and you know this is why. Like I've kind of become worn out with games like Metroid, and Nintendo did it right with Zelda. But before that, I was I was getting tired of Zelda. You know, Breath of the Wild kind of put new breathe, no pun intended, breathe new life into them. So I, I, you know how I am. I like to see stories with closure, and I would hope that this story they'll they'll get a little more into Master Chief and tell his story, finish fleshing his story out, and then start going down a path where maybe they could begin to to close that up. And maybe they can do that with the Showtime series. I don't know. But from this point forward, I want things that, go, that move the story forward. I don't want to go backwards at all.
0: I agree with you on that. A spiritual reboot. Hopefully it's done in the right fashion. And, and I'll also think that if done correctly, a Showtime series with enough production value, money put into it, investment, time, care, and good writing – can actually be something a lot of people will want to tune in when it comes to the adventures of Master Chief and the whole Halo universe once again. What are your thoughts out there on the Halo universe? Are you excited for Halo Infinite and the Showtime series that's coming up around the corner? Not right away, mind you, but it's still something to look forward to. Are you doing that, or is it something that you've put in behind you in the past in the rearview mirror, and you never want to actually be a part of the Halo universe once again? Share us your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos Cosmos at Yahoo.com, also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Cosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial! Wait, do do people still use dials?
0: Looking for an itch? The next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Viterbrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands, packed with the power of fruit seed oil. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speed run or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com that's MiracleFruitOil.com. Fight brace. Win with it. Well, before we get to one of our great music artists that we're presenting on the show, I want to ask you real quick, my friend, a state of the PC gaming as we see it now. I was talking to my good friend, Buddy Gold, one of our station owners for Croc Radio. If you want to check it out, awesome station based out of Canada. He was talking about his desires as far as what he wanted to see when it comes to the PC gaming world and something that he's familiar with, with Linux. And and so I told him, I wanted to discuss with you what the state of PC gaming is, in your opinion. I think right now we're at kind of a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, kind of a weird moment in time for the PC gaming industry as a whole, because you've got Fortnite that's still doing well. Apex Legends is still doing well, but they're also gaining a lot of momentum on consoles and also with the new consoles on the way, it's just kind of a paradox when you got the the consoles that are taking so much of people's time. Is it taking too much away from PC gaming? And there's also the fact that now Valve is now seeing competition from Epic Store with Fortnite obviously not wanting to be a part of the machinery known as Valve and the monopoly that they once had. And other entities are starting to move over into other things like GOG and the Epic Store. The latest Metro game was the latest example of a title that did not want to go ahead and be a part of the Valve gaming experience. So I want to hear your thoughts on my friend. Is the PC experience still what it once was? And can it be even more enhanced in the coming days?
2: No, I I honestly don't think so because... You know, you look at what Nintendo's doing, right, with the Switch and the indie games. They have a a very strong filtering process, whereas now with Steam, anyone can make anything. You know, as long as you have their dev kit, you can even buy a game building kit from them. And so anyone can create anything. So we're reaching this point where there are so many PC games out that it's almost going to be impossible to find a game that you can play with your friends because they're all going to be playing different things. And that's what's always turned me off with PC. And not to mention the fact that with PC gaming, it, it's so unfair when it comes to the thoughts of cross-platforming because you have your your macros set and you can shoot a lot faster. You have the the way you can move the mouse around. That's a, a factor. And there's also the other factor I don't like is the the idea that to be a PC gamer, you have to have money you have to always be upgrading your system and if you have you know if you're a casual gamer like myself you want to play something on pc you have to delete a bunch of crap in order for you to put another pc game on your computer so i see why people like it but at the same time like it's a very expensive hobby compared to being a console gamer and when you have a
0: console you're almost getting a near top of the line pc experience as far as visuals as far as depth as far as enhancement gameplay multiplayer you're getting that out of a console experience that's at or near what a top-of-the-line pc can do so it is very hard like you said for pcs to go ahead and have themselves stand out amongst the rest when it comes to actually have a game that's out there that, that can be supported and the games that are specifically out for pc those games don't seem to trend as well as games that are across the board. Like for instance, PUBG, it was on PC for quite a while, but you know what? They buckled under, they went onto the Xbox, made a splash there, even though their Xbox version is kind of a little buggy and whatnot. Fortnite understood real quickly about what was going on and, and PUBG followed suit by not only going to a console format, but a mobile format as well. So the largest games that you have on a PC format are going on to other platforms, drawing away a customer base from the PC platform, making it even harder for the PC versions to stand out. So it's amazing to see still the quality that a lot of PC games have, a lot of the things that you can still do when it comes to PC gaming. But to me, it seems like if you want a successful game, nine times out of 10, you're gonna have to put it not only on a PC platform, but especially put it also on a console and possibly even a mobile platform as well.
2: Right, and look at it this way, when is the last time you saw at Dice? When's the last time you saw someone promote a PC game or the the video game awards? When's the last time a PC game got nominated for anything that didn't have to do with esports? So it, it's just
0: And that's and you're exactly right. I was just going to say if it's not esports, it doesn't really get promoted as far as from a PC standpoint is concerned.
2: Right. So I want to kind of throw this question at you here. What do you think would happen to PC games if some of these more obscure titles that people like playing? Like, for example, Subnautica just came out on, on consoles, right? And so people are playing that. So what do you think would happen if these games that were PC exclusive were suddenly not PC exclusive? Do you think we'd see a severe decline in people playing on PCs? It's just harder uh, I, for for people to
0: go ahead and, and be attracted to buying or playing a game exclusively on PC. I understand that the you know the the draw of the consoles is there, and I agree with yeah. I, I think the answer is yes on that. I, you know, it's just harder for people to go ahead and select PC gaming as the primary option, especially with streaming games and things of that nature. You can now stream easily with what a PS4 and Xbox One. And someday soon, hopefully, you're going to be able to maybe possibly even do that with a Nintendo Switch. But that's down the line, mind you. But with those other options, it makes it even harder or less attractive for people to get into PC gaming.
2: Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, again, this goes back to the always having to upgrade your system. Like when I was in high school, I didn't have money for a PC. I didn't have money for any of that stuff. So anytime my friends wanted to play something, we played on consoles because none of us could afford PCs, And by the time you can afford a PC, you're, you know, 25 to 40, you know, in that in that demographic. So it it, it really just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me to go out and pay money for a PC to play games on when you can own a console and you pay a flat fee of, you know, three to $500, depending on what kind of console you want and then you just buy the games as opposed to paying 12 to 5 grand for a computer and then having to upgrade your memory card and graphics card and all that stuff anytime you want to play something new that's graphics intensive.
0: That's true. That's true. And that's something to think about going forward when it comes to the state of PC gaming. It's still going to be something that a lot of publishers and distributors still want to look towards to because it pushes the boundaries on the high end units of what type of quality your game can have, so it will always be there as a standard. It's just the thing is, when it comes to developers and publishers these days, they're thinking of money first, how can we go ahead and have our game be on every platform possible and have an enjoyable experience that customers will want to go to time and time again, whether they want to go ahead and keep on buying the game itself or microtransactions or whatever type of monetary revenue that you can get from the game, it is much more attractive to have something that you want on all these different platforms than just on PC itself. So the state of PC gaming is kind of, like I said, in a flux right now. It's still a major part of the streaming and esports outlets, but with the advent of consoles, and I know we're trending at the back end of a of the era when it comes to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but with new consoles coming around the corner for Sony and Xbox, making it even more of a realistic experience and then even more of a high-end PC-like experience, it's gonna be even harder for PC gaming to stand out year in, year out, as long as these consoles are getting more developed and a lot more fun to play. What are your thoughts out there on PC gaming? I want to hear your thoughts on what the state of PC gaming you think it really is and the future for PC gaming as a whole. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. <laughs> Order the DVD, Blu-ray and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20 year illustrious history from robmccallumfilms.com, robmccallumfilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching.
0: Well, I just want to make sure everybody out there knows that we've got some great music also lined up. Hey, we're a music DJ once again. What do you know? What do you know? It's a music show. It's part of the Pop Culture Cosmos here. We just truly cannot thank these artists enough for going ahead and sending us their music. If you want to go ahead and send us music, sure, why not? PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. First up we've got for today is Carrie Music from her album, Perpetual Motion. Check out Carrie Music on iTunes. That's where you can get her album today. This is Grand Central, and this is the PCC Multiverse.
3: There's a certain dignity to hold Any man will tip his head Until things about me you don't quite like I'll start painting It's no trouble, dear. They're just precious little smoking boys. i We couldn't name the prophecy. No You've been hanging around for so damn long We sent a scout out down the hall Made a noise is high I know it's high. Mm -hmm. I think a quiet life would settle happy and stay. But this here, this is our Grand Central Station. This is ragged, needs and all you're,
4: lost, it's
3: old, but it's real, you
1: you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos.
0: We're back once again with the show. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. Well, it is time once again for our walking dead fix. It just got to have it because we have not been able to talk to this awesome, awesome young lady right here in quite some time. And it's my fault, more likely, you know, (laughs) because everything is my fault when it comes to the pop culture cosmos, it seems, but we need to get an update on what's going on with the walking dead, because there's so much going on. In fact, we want to talk more about the latest villainous force that's out there now with the whispers and the head of the actual group itself in Alpha. She's back once again, and we truly appreciate to have her back on the show. She is the head of Talking the Dead 18+. Also, she heads up the Walking Dead fan base as well, which has over 50,000 members. And if you are truly a Walking Dead fan, it's something you definitely got to be a part of. It is my good friend. It is Daphne Matthew. Daphne, I'm just telling you right now, it's just so great to have you back on the show.
5: Hi, Jerry. It's great to be back again.
0: There's so much to talk about, as always, when it comes to The Walking Dead, because it is so polarizing in what's going on. I was talking a little bit more with you before we actually got in the air about all the things that are going on. And Let's get the stuff out of the way that, that I know that you like to talk about, it because I tell you what, there's still a lot of good when it comes to The Walking Dead, and I think what we need to talk about right now is the whispers and primarily how effective Alpha is on screen. I'm going to uh, paraphrase what you said on Facebook, I guess about two weeks ago, and that she is the best, I'm going to say, darn villain ever on the show. And that's saying something when you've had Negan, the governor, and the cannibals, and and all that going on when it comes to The Walking Dead. So why, in your mind, is Alpha the best villain ever for The Walking Dead?
5: Well, because, first of all, she is just so scary. I mean, if you think about it, the last three episodes, when it first became known, or actually four, because the whispers actually were introduced at the mid-season finale. We finally saw them and they killed a very big major character in Jesus. So if you think about it, she's not only bad, she is actually smart because I mean, think about it. Who would have ever came up with hiding yourself amongst walkers by wearing their skin. I mean, that is genius in itself. And what makes it even more scarier now, as you have seen the last couple of episodes, is that when they are, I guess I'll say, invading a community or going after a community, these people are pretty much going to be trapped inside because if they go out, they don't know if it's a real... Zombie herd, or if there are people intermixed within the herd that's going to kill them. So it's really, really, really a scary time for the groups right now. The ones who have actually seen the whisperers, because who would want to leave home? Now it's like they're trapped within their own communities, and it just gets worse. I'm not gonna lie. What we've seen right now is just—I'll say—the top of the icing, for lack of a better word, because. It's just going to escalate after this point. Now that we've seen her, now that we've seen her backstory and know what she is, and she is, in my opinion, pure evil. Okay, we had Negan. Negan we pretty much seen Negan tamed now because a couple episodes ago when he actually did escape, he went out in the world after six years and realized there was nothing left and decided to go back to his cell. I mean this man was like, prior to the introduction of Alpha, though, I'm not going to say he was the worst, because I, in my opinion, still, the governor was the worst villain, because the governor was just, he was the Mad Hatter of all villains in The Walking Dead at the time. And if you ever read the comics, you would actually know that the governor was way worse than what he was portrayed on the show.
0: So i thought it was pretty evil on the show personally
5: he was he killed santa
0: claus
5: (laughs) he killed santa claus on the show he killed herschel i mean really in front of and what gets me now that you know you have a chance to even look at the villains as far as what they did or what they were capable of doing the governor killed for no reason he had no reason whatsoever to kill anybody he even turned on his own people he cracked once his daughter was killed. Negan, Negan was, he was bad, but he had, to him, he had a logic for what he did. He only actually killed one person. He was provoked to, to killing Glenn, and that was one of the great debates we still have in my groups is that, you know, everybody still hates Negan because he killed Glenn and Abraham. And he revealed that the end of season eight that He wasn't even planning on killing Abraham. Abraham was just a skate, uh, how should I say, a red shirt because of the fact that he didn't want to kill Rick in front of Carl. And he admitted that.
0: Bringing out that Star Trek reference there.
5: Yes. So Negan had a purpose. People don't agree with it, but if you look at it from, look at it internally instead of looking outside looking in, if you're looking at it from the reverse inside looking out, these people were doing whatever they could to in order to survive. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Rick's group were no angels either. It's interesting. It's a really good season so far to all the people out there. If you haven't been looking at it, I highly recommend you look at it now because it's just going to escalate. I mean, like I said, I'm a hardcore fan. I've been watching it faithfully for nine, ten years now. Cause it came out in 2010, uh, nine years. And I'm excited for this season. And that's really not something I say lightly because if you remember way back when me and Jerry first started talking, it was like kind of ho-hum. Okay, well, you know what? This season is not great. But now I see a good season on the horizon and I just hope it gets better and we're not let down.
0: When it comes to the show itself, The Walking Dead, and the ratings and everybody viewing, as you know, and as you've seen over the course of years with many TV shows, once people leave a show, it's very hard to get them back, no matter how good the story becomes, or no matter how good the story changes for the better. And it is a better storyline when it comes to The Whisperers, and obviously one of the best, and in your opinion, the best villain that's ever graced the walking dead in alpha which everybody and i i, I agree with you everybody should give this storyline at least a couple episodes a chance with the whispers and alpha because she is so polarizing and so good to watch she has captivated the show entirely and I, like i said i hope everybody does give it at least uh, the walking dead another chance before it fades into the moonlight possibly as <clears throat> early as season 10 But it is always great talking to you. Another outstanding line of information that's brought to you from our good friend Daphne Matthew. She is one of the heads of Talking the Dead on Facebook. Also as well, the Walking Dead fan base, over 50,000 strong when it comes to the Walking Dead fan base of crazed twd fans that are out there if you want to be a part of either talking the dead 18 plus or the walking dead fan base just go to facebook join the group be a part of the fun There's a lot of conversation that's always flowing they also have periods of time where they go ahead and black it out for people out there so that everybody can catch up on the show before they put in their two cents as far as what's going on with the series as a whole They keep you up to date on all the news, all the rumors, all the innuendo, and all the great things that are going on with The Walking Dead. And it's all headed up by you, Daphne. And I'll tell you what, I am so (laughs) privileged, as always, to have you on the show. Just so great catching up with you when it comes to The Walking Dead. And I hope with the whispers and Alpha, it actually gets a chance to go upward. You and I are always talking everything pop culture, so obviously you're going to come back on real soon. We've got a lot yeah, coming sure. up when it comes to a lot of other stuff going on as well with Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, Shazam, pop culture. Oh, my gosh. Exploiting all over the place, so i got to Where have you back 20? on real soon.
5: We're going to be talking a lot because a lot of these movies are either introducing a new part of the universe or closing the door on the current universes
0: and I just can't wait to see what happens with the Marvel University. I can't either. And <laughs> I, again, I'm also looking forward to what's going on with the Walking Dead universe as well. Daphne, it's just always so great to have you on the show. Again, follow her and everything that she's doing on Talking the Dead 18 Plus and also the Walking Dead fan base on Facebook. If you really are into the show like so many others, in fact, in the Walking Dead fan base, it's over 50,000 strong. You got to check it out today. On Facebook. Great.
5: Come talk with us. We're always open.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen the hours that you put into it. So, yes, I know it is always open when it comes to The Walking Dead. Daphne, it's just so great to have you on the show and part of the pop culture cosmos.
1: If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only 5 minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games.
0: And coming up right now, we've got Phil Matthews, a.k.a. The Village, from Winds of Change. You can get the album today at thevillage.me.uk. This is What Memories Are, and this is the PCC Multiverse.
4: I don't think so, but I don't really know what memories are. I dreamt I went into the village. I never met with number one. I would have asked him for his motives if I knew. You yeah.
1: listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials
0: check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmos show and the pcc
1: multiverse I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift. Where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed.
0: They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case. But they like to say that. And more power to them, I guess.
1: Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed, and then there were some
0: parts that I. I thought just kind of fell short of expectation
1: part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted and this is a thing where audiences do
0: not agree with critics that's the pop culture cosmos show
2: and the pcc multiverse every week on the podcast radio network and apple podcasts
0: and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options and we're back to close out the show this is the pcc multiverse it's gerald coming right back at you here If you need a listing of where we're at because we're being played all around the world on awesome radio stations, check out our entire radio station listing today on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, also as well on Instagram and Twitter. You got to check us out right there. There's a big picture on days and times when we're being played out all around the world because you know what? Our shows get replayed seven days a week and we cannot thank enough to each and every radio station that does. Also as well, if you want to go ahead and download our show at any point in time, we're on over 30 different podcast networks and got a listing of many of those networks available now on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just check it out right there for you. Josh, I know you got a great thing going on with Humanic Media. So tell me, man, what is going on with Humanic Media?
2: Just our Topic Topicocalypse Awards show, which you can catch in Podbean. The second part's up. And also, we'll be. Doing a little Halo Reach streaming later on today. So stay tuned for that. Check out the old Facebook page and it'll pop up there soon enough.
0: It will pop up there soon enough. And also everything you can find out at Humanic Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and also humanicmedia.com Before we go ahead and talk last about DC, and you know, because DC always comes up in the news, want to go ahead and thank Carrie Music for her great song. Phil Matthews, aka The Village, for his great song. If you want to check out Carrie's music, it's on iTunes. Look under Perpetual Motion, the album there. Also, as well with Phil Matthews, want to check out his site, TheVillage.me.uk, where you can either download the album from. He gives you the links there for Amazon and Spotify. But also you can order a CD there as well. So hopefully you'll like their music and give them a shot. Cannot thank them enough for sending it over. Just truly great to have them a part of the pop culture cosmos. Also want to thank our good friend Daphne Matthew from Talking the Dead and The Walking Dead fan base for sharing her thoughts on what's going on with The Walking Dead, why there's still a future for The Walking Dead. Hopefully, although, you know, with everybody leaving and all that, you never know, but why you need to tune in to see Alpha Really good, really good shows coming up in the near future as long as Alpha stays a villain. And it looks like there's really going to be some good things coming up for The Walking Dead. My friend, before we head on out, I got to run this by you. got to tell you, this just, just came across the wire not too long ago when it comes to the thoughts on the success of Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Now getting a lot of people at Warner Brothers really in a good frame of mind of where they're going with what they're doing with the movie universe that they have there. In a recent conversation that the chairman and chief executive officer for Warner Brothers, he's feeling real good about what's going on with the DC universe. He was quoted in the LA Times as saying that they feel that they're on the right track, quote unquote, on where they're going with the DC extended universe, especially coming off the success of Aquaman and Wonder Woman before that. Your thoughts on the DC Extended Universe with Shazam, the Joker prequel, the Batman coming in the near future, Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad two, all that stuff coming up. Your thoughts on if the DC Extended Universe is truly, quote unquote, on the right track?
2: Okay, here's my thoughts on this. I I want to see event films. You know, I want to see them come together on screen. I don't want to have invested time in this and i know it got off to a rocky start but i still want to see them come together and i don't want to see 10 different timelines like allegedly joker exists on a different timeline i i want standalone experiences but i want to have an event film maybe once every two or three years where all these heroes come together that's what i want to see but it sounds like dc's trying to assure people that they have a plan in place but they've been doing that for a long time and it still has never right now is the best it's ever looked but Again, you know, they've had their ups and downs because Wonder Woman was also the best it's ever looked, but then it lost traction after that too. So I'll believe it when I see it, but how do you feel about it?
0: I just think they are on a better frame of mind. I think they're on a better track, on a better road, a better path than they were, let's say this time last year. Obviously a billion dollar movie like Aquaman does that for you, but let's not put the cart in front of the horses here. Let's just make sure that we've got something that we can develop over the course of time. Yes, I know the next Aquaman movie was announced. It's coming in 2022, December. I think, right? You know, because they obviously like the December time frame because it works so well for the first one. Shazam is coming out. Birds of Prey, like I said, Suicide Squad two with Jane's gun, all that good stuff coming on the way. But it's if to me will not be successful unless you can figuratively tie it together like you were trying to do before. Yes, I know it's a copy of the Marvel Universe, but to me, all these standalone type of deals do not really work out unless you can go ahead and tie it in somehow all together and make it worthwhile for me as far as to watch it. Make it worth my time to watch all these separate movies and find a common thread between them. And let's see if we can go ahead and get a universe started that really, really is worth paying attention to like we have for so many years when it comes to the Marvel Universe
2: right right and and again you know we've talked about this at length the fact that if you don't treat your big two or three heroes with the care and attention and respect that they need you're not going to ever be able to de- to develop something that ties people together that t- makes people interested in the series marvel who made people interested in the series iron man did captain america thor you know the original avengers all of those people got Their own films and their own development arcs you know even in avengers they had their stories fully fleshed out justice league just had someone like aquaman he didn't really get fleshed out they just had him there as like in a side character same thing with the flash if they would have began with telling their the stories of these big you know their big five i think they would be on in a completely different and better place right now
0: i believe you are correct on that as well i couldn't agree with you more I want to hear everyone's thoughts out there on what's going with the DC movie universe. Is the DC movie universe on the right track? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, it was an awesome show. I cannot thank enough to everyone out there for listening in and checking us out one more time again. We're going to have an awesome show coming up on Monday. In fact, we're going to talk about What's going on with the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Captain Marvel is around the corner. We are so excited for it, but we've got some things we want to talk about when it comes to the people that are talking about Captain Marvel because I'm not liking some of the stuff that's going around as far as some of the, the flack and all that. But we're going to touch on that when it comes to Monday show because... There is a lot to talk about when it comes to already the fervor that's going on when it comes to Captain Marvel to try and deflect what many people are hoping for will be a great part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm just looking forward to that, my friend. I'm getting excited. Cannot wait. It's going to be a great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Any last thoughts on the way out?
2: Yeah, I just want to real quick poke fun at Fortnite for ripping off two games in order to stay relevant. Talking about Sea of Thieves and Apex Legends. Well done. Your fear has a palpable smell to it. So we'll see what happens in the future regarding Fortnite.
0: Yeah, they never said they were really truly being original in the stuff they're doing, but they are very quick to go ahead and notice player trends. If players do like something from another game or another game for certain reasons, and they are quick to implement it on them. So kudos. Hey, when you're on top and you see these things, it's better to go ahead and try and implement things that other people like into your game it may not be the most original thing in the world, but when you're on top and you're trying to stay there, you're trying to do everything you can to go ahead and keep those numbers flowing. And with Epic and Fortnite, I, I'm not surprised in the least. I mean, the whole thing where PUBG tried to go ahead and sue them, and they obviously thought they had a very valid claim, and in some ways they do or did, but unfortunately didn't work out. I mean, they borrow heavily from all these other things. But then again, how many original video games has there been in the past? 10-15 years with so many video games borrowing other components from other video games so to me at this point when you're on top like fortnite you're just trying to do everything you can to stay there and with apex legends slowly picking the pie as far as more players coming to their game and with pubg still trying to do the same as well fortnite What are you going to do? They're just going to go ahead and and either do the status quo, which would be their undoing, or try to go ahead and make it as enjoyable as you can for the players. Because if that's the case and the players want it, you know in Fortnite, they're going to get it.
2: Right, it just smells like desperation. Also, I don't like these games that are taking attention away from the big AAA titles. So that's where I stand on that. But anyways, we can talk about that another day.
0: We will definitely talk about that on another day. And I don't blame you one bit. So, for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.